Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from OnShot.net. Poetry reading. Circular letter 49 slash 2020. Hello there, you're very welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from OnShot.net. This is Simon Lewis. Um... I have to say I, I told a little lie there uh, when I said this is a poetry reading, although if you have ever read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, you will uh, know that Vogon poetry was the third worst type of uh, poetry in the whole of the galaxy. Well, if the Department of Education wrote poetry, I think Vogons uh, would uh, have slipped to fourth place. Um, what I'm going to do uh, is uh, read to you um, a circular, um, not word for word because, um, I mean, unless you are just lying in bed and waiting to fall asleep, but just because, um, and I don't usually do this, but sometimes when an important circular is released by the Department of Education, um, I often do a kind of a live reading of it just to kind of, uh, in a way, uh, mutually beneficial, I hope, uh, hopefully for me, it's so I can try and get a little bit of wind of it and try and explain it to myself uh, and maybe process my thoughts and maybe some of my thoughts uh might uh, be useful for you if you were reading it. Um, the reason I've done this one in particular is because on Friday evening, uh, just gone, that just um, I'm recording this uh, on the 10th of, uh, of August. So basically on the 7th of August, um, in the evening when uh, many of us were, um, I suppose, we uh, a bit blindsided because we thought the, the nights of Friday night circulars are over, uh, a, a number of um, circulars and messages kind of got released by the Department of Education and even the Teaching Council joined in on the act with um, with a, with some sort of message. Uh, so this uh, may, this, this particular circular is incredibly important, I guess, if you're a school leader or a teacher or an SNA in a, in a, in a primary school and actually in this case in, in a secondary or community comprehensive school or, or whatever, they're separate things, aren't they? Um, and uh, so I said, what I'll do is I better have a look at this and see if um, there's some sense to be made of it because obviously this will be very, very important. So without further ado, let's get down to uh, the poem. Circular Letter 49, 2020. The um, circular um, begins with a letter um, with the... I suppose, and this is this would be normal for these letters, with the Minister for Education and Skills directs you to implement the special arrangements. Um, so directs you is, is means that we have to do this. And by that, they mean um, boards of management basically have to uh, do these things. But basically what the uh, actual um, document, which is 15 pages long, um, is uh, arrangements for people working in schools in and what to do in terms of leave. And um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through these as quickly as I possibly can. Hopefully this will go no, uh, uh, won't go on uh, longer than the number of pages there are in the document. Um, but they have, um, I'm going to be using some, um, I'm just going to be basically reading bits of it and um, humming and hawing a lot probably, more than I usually do, and um, trying to make some sense of what is there. So the introduction really, uh, which is part one, um, uh, comes in two parts, part one, one and part one, 
two. And um, for an introduction, you it, uh, part one one says the coronavirus is a virus that can cause illness affecting the lungs and airways. This is this is good stuff. That could even more reads like a biblical verse uh, than a than a poetry verse. And basically, uh, one point two is that basically the employer um, is responsible basically for whatever happens um, uh, with this, and not the Department of Education. Although they didn't write not uh, by not the Department of Education. It goes to the purpose, and then it kind of goes on. So the first thing that people need to know, and this isn't new, is that there needs to be a pre-return to work form. And for those of you who um, are going to go back to work, um, it's a safety uh, measure uh, designed to assist with the safe return of all employees' work. Now, it doesn't make you safe. It makes everybody else safe. So you basically have to answer a load of questions at least three days before you're returning to work. Um, and that can include weekends, according to this very helpful document. So basically, before you go to work uh, within three days, you need to make sure that you fill in this return to work form and it basically asks you six questions um about you know where you if uh, that you have to answer honestly about whether who you've been um if you've been if you've got if you have any symptoms if anyone in your house has symptoms or your household has symptoms has a doctor diagnosed you with any of them and so on so basically you have to answer those questions and if you answer any of those questions um i think the uh, with the answer no you're you probably won't be able to come back to school so it's important uh, that before you come in, you do not, uh, that you fill in that form. And many schools will not let you uh, come in without filling in that form. In fact, they, they shouldn't. Um, and then it moves on to, you basically, if um, you, you, you might get special leave with pay, um, depending on how you fill that out. And uh, that's covered in section four, which is fairly simple. And I'm going to go through that. So if you've been diagnosed with COVID-19, uh, special leave of pay will be granted and the other op- op- uh, opportunity is if you've been recommended to self-isolate now they don't say who's going to recommend you to do that but i'm assuming they will and um, so let's move on so uh, we have to provide uh, medical cert- uh, so basically the employee will have to provide medical certification to an employer to include uh, their estimated date of fitness to return to work so that's your recommendation to self-isolate so if someone tell if your doctor says you have to self-isolate for 14 days at least we have a date then uh, as employers to know when you're coming back um and it says where an employee has been granted special leave of pay an employer can appoint a substitute paid by the paymaster i've never heard the department of education describes as the paymaster that sounds like dungeons and dragons in a way so they're actually not our employer they're our paymaster that's interesting um i, I like that terminology i'm kind of interested sorry i'm going off on tangents um so hopefully you won't mind me doing that um special leave of pay is granted by the employer will not be counted as part of your sick leave so basically if you go on this special leave it's not counted as your sick leave now uh, people who are teachers will understand uh, that uh, that what sick leave means and how your pay can be affected by sick leave so that's uh, that's good to know um so um any i'm just moving on just to see uh, if there's anything interesting you have to tell us as soon as possible you won't be entitled to days in lieu for bank holidays while on the sick leave pay but it's fair enough um and it's considered a good practice of maintaining a positive well-being to have appropriate contact so basically good contact between your employee and your employer so basically the board uh, through the principal more than likely and the employee either a teacher sna or whoever um needs uh, to communicate well and um it goes on about the etbs and how they work so that's kind of that's pretty straightforward actually i'm 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 suitably impressed. Um, section five. So application procedures for specialists. So if uh, you have been diagnosed with COVID nineteen or been recommended to self isolate, you have to fill in an application form, which is at appendix A 
<coughs> which is at the end of this. So I will um, I will go through that towards the end. And the application form has to be uh, forwarded to the employer as soon as possible. So that needs to be done and it has to uh, get, you have to have medical certification. Um, that seems fair enough. Uh, and it should include an estimated uh, date of fitness to work. So we, I, I'm, I'm interested in this, this, there seems to be an obsession with an estimated date uh, of fitness to work, uh, return to work. So um, look, I'm sure that will become... Um, sort of clear soon enough moving on to section six self-isolation staying indoors and avoiding con- completely avoiding contact with other people um including people in your own household so it explains what it is and it explains where you should go um to find out more about self-isolation because self-isolation doesn't actually mean um that you just don't come to work but you can go through your uh, normal uh daily life it does mean um not seeing other people including members of your own household um so that's kind of uh, important and it talks about that um, it talks about the COVID-19 diagnosis and I'm not going to go through that section because um, it's basically a summary of what do you do if you've been diagnosed with COVID-19 in general well you know that's uh, that's something I'm sure you can find out for yourself but basically you don't come to work um, and um, that's important uh, what it does say anything there that's interesting let me see they have to fill in the appendix form um, yeah and you basically normal stuff all very normal stuff so again it goes on to section eight restricted movement other than non-essential travel overseas yeah this is interesting actually because if you have gone overseas for non-essential work that mean and you've been in close contact that means that as far as i can see you um if you've done that you have to get Yeah, if you've been advised to restrict your movements you must arrange for a COVID-19 test as soon as possible and basically as far as I can see from here if you are medically fit for work um, you will be assigned work for a 14 day period and alternative working arrangements uh, should be arranged to the maximum extent possible for example working from home and employees must um, cooperate with that that's interesting and um, there's um, more details about that um, you can appoint a substitute basically um, yeah so where an employee has been advised to restrict his movements the employer can appoint a substitute so basically you might have to be at home you may have to work but the school can get a, a substitute for you um, and it has to be recorded separately differently than special leave it's restrictive movement um, so that is fine it's not it's not very clear from this whether you get paid or not that's interesting hmm maybe that will become clear later on um oh here it is uh, section nine uh so the uh, restricted movement following non-essential so the current government advises not to travel overseas any person coming to ireland apart from northern ireland um is required to restrict their movements for 14 days so you have to uh, restrict your movements um so responsibility to provide the period of restricted movement arriving from that is a matter of each individual employee so you you're responsible for your own movements um and where there is an intention to do that all employees must make provision for the 14-day period um as unpaid leave there it is so you don't get paid so basically if you decide to go off in your holidays to a non-green list country you have to make sure that you do not come back to school um for 14 days um after um after you come back but it has to be unpaid leave that's interesting and um, so that's that's that that would that's going to put people away from taking holidays i imagine um 
anyway um so that's there's nothing more really there um there's just very there's just interesting uh things about what you do if you do go on the holiday i i, I don't see too many uh, teachers or snas going off on on holidays when they know they're not going to be paid for a fortnight after going um section 10 is about very high risk group so there's very high risk people and there's high risk people now very high risk people are people advised to cocoon so if you are someone who has been advised to cocoon you are considered very high risk um, and basically if you are at a very high risk of illness um, or contracting the virus you'll have to um, uh, complete an online risk assessment immediately and submit that to the OHS that's the online uh, sorry the occupational health system that's uh, that's good news maybe for employers in a way that we don't have to refer and uh, when I say we I am a school uh, a, a part of a school management we don't have to repair people to the OHS there is a self um, assessment um, risk assessment uh, which is good now this risk assessment form is available uh, at the OHS link which is available on uh, on that uh, document so you'll, you will have to look at that uh, this podcast can't do that for you there's limits to this podcast I'm afraid um, so basically um, that's fine um, that will you'll complete that and you'll have a, repeat, a report from a treating consultant uh, where such a report can't be obtained from a treating consultant within a short time frame because you know this is a very short time frame so you um a copy of your latest treating consultants work can be obtained from your employee's gp so that's um there is a a, a template there so that's that's interesting um so that's fine the ohs will basically um will provide you with a risk assessment report which advises whether you're at very high risk of serious illness um so if you are at that uh, you can't attend the workplace then there's a declaration form in appendix c which i'll just go through towards the end um and uh, that needs to be done and um basically alternative working arrangements can be done to the maximum extent possible so again we can get uh, uh, principals uh, could ask you to work from home and again there'll be uh, details apparently in paragraph 12 this is where all the details are for that i'm looking forward to it i'm on paragraph 10 um where the employee has been advised by the OHS that they're at a very high risk of serious illness from contracting COVID-19, they a substitute can be uh, um, paid um, by the paymaster, um, and that basically is a substitute. And where an employee who's at very high risk uh, from contracting and has been assessed by the OHS as being medically unfit for work due to it, uh, the, the terms and conditions of sick leave scheme apply. Um, that's, so, sorry, sorry, if it's not to do with COVID-19. Um, so if it's to do with COVID-19, it's, uh, it doesn't affect your sick leave. If it is to do with COVID-19, then it, it, it won't. Uh, uh, if it is to do with COVID-19, then you, it will um, not be form of your sick leave. Uh, so that's interesting too. Um, and it needs to be recorded on the OLCS system as, um, in a different section. Then there's a the high risk group. So these are um, people who are not ill um, right now. They are high risk. Uh, but they, it says here they must attend the workplace unless advised otherwise by the Occupational Health Service. That's interesting. So if you are a high-risk group, and the list of those, um, I'll see if I can open that now without having trouble here. Um, high-risk groups are people over the age of 60, learning disability, a lung condition that's not severe, so asthma, COPD, uh, heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, actually a good, a good list of it there, obesity, cancer, um quite a lot there actually it's quite quite a list there to be honest with you um so basically if you're in that category um you are a high risk group um and uh basically you should take extra care 
in terms of social distancing and hand hygiene. <laughs> that doesn't sound too convincing to me. Um, okay, uh, they suggest face coverings and PPE equipment may be considered um, where social distancing is difficult. Gosh, that's um, that's tough. That is tough if you're in a high-risk group and not a very high-risk group. You're pretty much expected to come to work. Um, however, if you if concerns remain, you can complete the online uh, risk assessment and submit that to the OHS. Um, so yeah, we're basically, look, if the OHS come back and say, yeah, this person can't go, you go back to the very high-risk uh, arrangements there. So that's interesting. So uh, finally, we get to paragraph 12, the one I've been going on about or they've been going on about for a while. Um, so basically, if you can't, excuse me, if you can't come to work, um, if you can't come to work, uh, basically, you could be assigned work by your employer in consultation with yourself. And uh, they may be relevant duties that support the work of the school in developing and delivering programs of teaching and learning for people. So that could be quite useful um, for um, for schools to have people in that position. That that's, You actually effectively have two people for the price of one. You have your substitute in the school and you have somebody at home who is high risk but can work. Um, so they've given an idea, a list of things they can do. Um, so uh, liaising closely with the work of the substitute teacher um, and um, working with children um, in that class. Supporting and engaging using online technology the work of uh, high risk pupils even. So that's quite useful. So if it's a very high risk pupils not coming to school, they could work with them. Uh, participating in staff meetings and all that kind of stuff. Participating in professional development, um, which is fair enough, that's obviously online. Uh, other aspects of the teaching and planning and uh, undertaking some administrative or other tasks associated with the post of responsibility um, if they have that post um, as well. So that's kind of with the greatest, again, with the greatest extent possible. Okay, uh, for SNAs, um, liaising closely and working under the direction of the class teacher or principal, engaging uh, the work of the uh, and supporting the work of the substitute. So very much the same kind of thing, um, collaborating and uh, supporting uh, children who may not be um, in school and so on. So very similar. Just in terms of ordinary sick leave, they go into that in uh, paragraph 13. So that's just normal sick leave. They, so there isn't, uh, you don't have special leave if you're just normally sick. Um, employees, oh sorry, what does it say? Oh sorry, if the employee is subsequently diagnosed with COVID-19, special leave with pay can be retrospectively applied in lieu of sick leave. So let's say you're feeling a little bit chesty or whatever it is and you kind of go, God, I'm sick, I can't go in. And then it turns out that you do have um, COVID-19, then uh, it, the whole leave will go down as um, COVID-19 leave and won't just be ordinary sick leave. Um, so moving on then to child care responsibilities or living with very risk, uh, high risk or very uh, high risk uh, individuals, there is no special pay available for an employee in this case. So that is quite sad um, in a way. Um, so effectively, if you're looking after someone who's very vulnerable, there isn't um, special leave granted for you. Uh, you will be able to use parental leave or carer's leave uh, in line with normal terms and conditions. So that's unpaid generally. Um, so I guess um, what they have said is if you do live with a very high risk individual, uh, you should uh, and you should attend the workplace and you should follow S uh, HSE guidelines to protect themselves and to minimise the risk of transmission. So I think that's kind of disappointing, I'd say, for people who are um, in these situations. Uh, people who are pregnant, um, they are not deemed to be very high risk of serious illness uh, unless they're suffering from a serious heart condition, in which case they can go back to very high risk. Um, what happens if an employee becomes unwell? Um, if you're unwell, don't come to work. Um, that's basically 
um, uh, goes without saying. Um, and there's also the contact tracing process, uh, which you should follow and you'll be trained on very soon. Um, they also talk to you about um, the employee assistance service, which has uh, been uh, cut back for a long time uh, for the last number of years. Uh, but basically, there is a, it, there is still that free phone uh, confidential helpline. I will say the number this time. It's 1800-411-057 and it's available 24 hours a day every day of the year uh, then it goes on about data protection which isn't particularly interesting and um, so i'm not going to bother with that um, so moving on uh we're to the appendices uh, appendix a is the application for special leave of pay it's fairly straightforward to be fair it's only um a couple of pages long um, and uh, very little details in it um, in fact there's only one real box to tick and that's whether you've uh, been um uh, recommended to uh, to self-isolate or you've got a diagnosis of COVID-19 and once you tick either of those boxes you should be okay um, Appendix B is a declaration form for the restricted movement group and again it's very similar uh, to the first one again a page and a bit long and then the very high risk people you've also got two pages uh, to fill in and again um, it's very straightforward. So to be fair to the Department of Education, that circular is fairly useful. And I guess it would be worth uh, sending that out uh, to your staff as soon as you get it. Uh, now that I've read it for myself, I will be doing th just that. Um, but hopefully uh, this very, very mini um special uh, podcast has been useful to you um, if you have uh, enjoyed listening to it I, I can't see why you'd enjoy doing it and listening to something like this it, it's it's certainly um, it's just quite factual it's quite um, boring but in fairness to it it is fairly straightforward if you are um, if you uh, you may fall under a very high risk you may uh, be uh, restricted in your movement you may be high risk and there's various other uh, sections so they've been very clear on what they expect from us and um, it's good to know for school leaders that there is substitute pay of uh, substitution available for many of these uh, conditions and anywhere where there isn't uh, pay then um, you there's clarity uh, I suppose that an employee has to come in or take unpaid leave which again is substitute covered and um, so um, that's uh, just the 16 pages summarized for you there if you um, if you'd like to listen to uh, I guess more um, opinionated um, podcasts uh, from me you can find me um, on on Shaw's podcast or if I were the Minister for Education um, or just simply uh, searching for on Shaw.net um, generally my podcasts come out every Wednesday in the middle of the week uh, but while this COVID-19 pandemic is going Going on i've been recording some special podcasts around going back to school and some thoughts uh, to help you out and um, that's it for this one and um, about 20 odd minutes uh of going through this circular i uh, hope it's of use to you and um we will see you um anon and again and uh, thanks for listening goodbye